from deep inside your audio device of choice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have a little residual sympathy, empathy for the petroleum companies in that my late dad and my late mom both ran gas stations. Yes, if you hang around me to this day, no, I don't. I do not smell of gas. But they did both run gas stations and therefore were in the petroleum business. And, you know, things seem to be getting a little rough for the petroleum companies right now. They're the targets of animus for their contribution to global warming and stuff. But now comes news that will gladden the heart of every shareholder in every petroleum company, no matter how big or how giant. Politico reports oil and gas companies are looking to turn their wastewater into lithium. Lithium, as you may know, is a key ingredient of many electric vehicle batteries. It's traditionally mined from deep underground. But the highly sought-after mineral is also found in the salty wastewater produced through oil and natural gas drilling. Isn't that wild? Major oil companies say they're on the verge of commercializing technologies that extract lithium from from the brine in producing oil wells. That could supercharge the domestic supply of lithium for electric car batteries, boasting the administration's electric vehicle goals. And it could mean that oil companies could get a yet, yet another new revenue stream based on the transition to cleaner energy. Not that fossil fuel driving they've been banking on all these years. Demand for lithium, as you may know, is skyrocketing. Automakers around the world ramp up production of electric cars and trucks to meet carbon emission reduction goals, if not the demands of the marketplace. In the U.S., greenhouse gases from the transportation sector are the largest contributor to global warming. Congratulations. Companies usually mine hard rock and clay for lithium or access the metal through evaporation using massive ponds. That sounds nice right about now. A massive pond. Just gaze across a massive pond and watch lithium leak out of it. China processes up to 70% of the world's lithium supply. A sore spot for the Biden administration, which has sought to produce more lithium domestically. Through traditional mining projects like Nevada's Thacker Pass Mine which is currently under construction. So it's producing no lithium yet. Domestic and global supply will need to ramp up much more to meet the demand. The oil industry is looking to close that gap by directly removing lithium from brine in salt, flats, and bodies of water. A single week's worth of wastewater from fracking could conceivably produce enough lithium 
for 300 electric vehicle batteries. For context, the industry produces billions of barrels of briny wastewater every year. Think of the batteries. ExxonMobil is already looking to build one of the world's largest lithium processing plants in a producing re region in Arkansas known as the Smackover, which is rich with saltwater brine after decades of oil and gas extraction. And people were wondering, what are we going to do that? What are we going to do with that place now? Lithium, baby. Lithium. So, as I say, there's a little bit of me that thinks, gosh, if my parents were alive today, they'd be running a lithium station. Hello, welcome to the show. mentioned New Orleans. I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. Some news of the warm at the top here. Earth is exceeding its safe operating space 
for humanity in six of nine key measurements of its health, that is to say, the Earth's health. Two of the remaining three are headed in the wrong direction. These are the conclusions of a new study shared with us by the AP this week. Earth's climate, biodiversity, land, freshwater, nutrient pollution, and novel chemicals. Your human-made compounds like microplastics and nuclear waste. They're all out of whack, according to a group of international scientists. In Wednesday's journal, Science Advances. It's the... uh, It's humanity that retreats. Only the acidity of the oceans, the health of the air, and the ozone layer are within the boundaries considered safe, and both ocean and air pollution are heading in the wrong direction, according to the study. Quote, we're in very bad shape. That's uh, study co-author Johann Rockström, director of the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research in Germany. He continues, quote, We show in this analysis that the planet is losing resilience and the patient is sick, unquote. A few years ago, back in 2009, Rockstrom and other researchers created nine different broad boundary areas using scientific measurements to judge Earth's health as a whole. It's not a whole, it's a planet. I mean, Wednesday's paper was an update from 2015 and it added a sixth factor to the unsafe category. Water went from barely safe to the out-of-bounds category because of worsening river runoff and better measurements and understanding of the problem, according to Rockstrom. These boundaries determine the fate of the planet, says Rockstrom, a climate scientist. The nine factors have been, quote, scientifically well-established by numerous outside studies, he says. If Earth can manage these nine factors, the planet could be relatively safe. I guess that means for us. But it's not. In most of the cases, the team uses other peer-reviewed science to create measurable thresholds for a safety boundary. They use 350 parts per million of CO2 in the air instead of the uh, Paris Climate Agreement's 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming since pre-industrial times. This year, carbon in the air peaked at 424 parts per million, not the 350 parts per million. That is the boundary for this study. The nine factors are intermingled. When the team uses computer simulations, they find that making one factor worse, like the climate, or biodiversity, made other Earth measurements or environmental issues degrade as well, while fixing one helped others. Rockstrom says this is like a simulated stress test for the planet. The simulations show one of the most powerful means that humanity has at its disposal to combat climate change is cleaning up its land or your room and saving forests. According to the study, returning forests to late 20th century levels would provide substantial natural sinks to store carbon dioxide instead of the air, where it traps heat, the study says. Biodiversity is in some of the most troubling shape, and it doesn't get 
as much attention as other issues like climate change, Rockstrom says. Biodiversity is fundamental to keeping the carbon cycle and the water cycle intact. The biggest headache we have today is the climate crisis and biodiversity crisis. That sounds like two headaches to me, but I'm no scientist. Uh, an environmental studies dean at the University of Michigan, Jonathan Overpeck, wasn't part of this study, but he called it deeply troubling in its implications for the planet. People should be worried. The analysis is balanced and that it clearly sounds a flashing red alarm. <laughs> it sounds a flashing red alarm, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who like to mix your senses, but it is not overly alarmist, Overbeck said. Importantly, there is hope. The fact that the ozone layer is the sole improving factor shows that when the world and leaders decide to recognize and act on a problem, it can be fixed. And for, for the most part, there are things that we know how to do to improve the remaining problems. That's the kind of bright side look from Carnegie Mellon chemistry and environmental professor Neil Donahue. Also at Carnegie Mellon, the environmental and engineering professor Granger Morgan, he wasn't part of this study, said, quote, experts don't agree on exactly where the limits are or how much the planet's different systems may interact, but we are getting dangerously close. I've often said if we don't quickly cut back on how we are stressing the Earth, we're toast, Morgan said. This paper says it's more likely that we're burnt toast. Um, if I can make one suggestion, I'll have the raisin toast. News of the warm, ladies and gentlemen. Copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Now... News of the Godly. An official inquiry into the Roman Catholic Church in Switzerland, really, has identified nearly 1,000 cases of sexual abuse since 1950. Many involved chil children, Swiss children, and 56% of the victims were male, the report said. The vast majority of the accused were men. Researchers from the University of Zurich also found evidence of a, quote, widespread cover-up, unquote. The cases we identified were without a doubt only the tip of the iceberg, said the lead authors of the study. And this is reported by the BBC. Monica Ndoman and Marietta Meyer compiled the report following a year-long investigation, which was commissioned, to be fair, by church authorities. They were given access to church archives and also held interviews with several people, including those affected by the abuse. However, they said numerous other documents had not yet been made available or made avail if they were recorded in London. The researchers have also found evidence that records had been destroyed at two dioceses and that not all reported cases of sexual abuse were written down and archived. Quote, given what we know from research on the dark figure of crime, we assume that only a small percentage of cases were ever reported in the first place, said the two. More than half of the cases identified happened during instances where 
pastoral care was taking place, particularly during confession, altar service, and religious education in children's clubs and associations. A further 30% of abuse was found to have been committed in institutions, including Catholic children's homes, day schools, and boarding schools. They got you everywhere you turn. As well as documenting instances of sexual abuse, the researchers also looked at how church officials dealt with these cases, said many were, quote, kept secret, covered up, or trivialized, unquote. The report criticized various officials, including bishops, for not doing more to help those affected. See if uh, this sounds familiar. Clerics accused of committing abuse were found to have been systematically reassigned to other posts by those in positions of power, sometimes abroad, to avoid being prosecuted. Quote, in doing so, the interests of the Catholic Church and its dignitaries <laughs> were given precedence over the welfare and safety of parishioners. Unquote. The researchers said this attitude didn't change until the 21st century when various sex abuse scandals began emerging. Quote, Unfortunately, the results of the preliminary investigation confirm what we've observed and in some cases are still experiencing, unquote, groups representing sexual abuse victims said in response to the report. Quote, For decades, the authorities of the Catholic Church in Switzerland have covered up these crimes, protecting the perpetrators and the reputation of their institution at the expense of victims who were silenced. Unquote. The president of the Swiss Bishops' Conference, say that three times real fast, that's the governing body of the Catholic Church in Switzerland, told the press conference that the organization gave countless excuses and that its actions fell short of what the victims are entitled to. We search for words, and we know that we won't find the right ones, said that president of the Swiss Bishops' Conference. No, I didn't say it fast enough. News of the godly. And the Swiss aren't that different from us. And now... Looks like Well, SpaceX founder Elon Musk's refusal to allow Ukraine to use Starlink Internet services to launch a surprise attack on Russian forces in Crimea a year ago has raised questions as to whether the U.S. military needs to be more explicit in future contracts that services or products it purchases could be used in war. This from Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall, reported by the Associated Press. Excerpts of a new biography of Musk, published by the Washington Post last week, revealed that the, revealed that the Ukrainians a year ago had asked for the Starlink support to attack Russian naval vessels based at the Crimean port of Sevastopol. Musk refused to do, due to concerns that Russia, in response, would launch a nuclear attack. Musk was not on a military contract when he refused the Crimea request. He'd been providing terminals to Ukraine for free in response to Russia's invasion. However, the month since, 
U.S. military has funded and officially contracted with Starlink for continued support. The Pentagon has not disclosed the terms or cost of the new contract, citing operational security, but they'd like to know when Elon might pull the plug. Pentagon is reliant on SpaceX for far more than the Ukraine response and the uncertainty that Musk or any other commercial vendor could refuse to provide services in a future uh, conflict has led space systems military planners to reconsider what needs to be explicitly laid out in future agreements. That's according to the Air Force Secretary. Quote, if we're going to rely on, um, upon commercial architectures or commercial systems for operational use, then we have to have some assurances that they're going to be available, Kendall said. We have to have that. Otherwise, they're a convenience and maybe an economy in peacetime, but they're not something we can rely upon in wartime, unquote the Air Force Secretary. SpaceX also has the contract to help the Air Force's Air Mobility Command develop a rocket ship that would quickly move military cargo into a conflict zone or a disaster zone, which could alleviate the military's reliance on slower aircraft or ships. While not specifying SpaceX, General Mike Minahan, head of Air Mobility Command, said, quote, American industry has to be clear-eyed on the full spectrum of what it can be used for, unquote. As U.S. military investment in space has increased in recent years, concerns have revolved around how to indemnify commercial vendors from liability in case something goes wrong in a launch, and whether the U.S. military has an obligation to defend those firms' assets, such as if, well, their satellites or ground stations, if they're providing military support in a conflict. Until Musk's refusal in Ukraine, there had not been a focus on whether there needed to be language saying a firm providing military support in war had to agree that support could be used in combat. Quote, We acquire technology, we acquire services, required platforms to serve the Air Force mission, said Andrew Hunter, Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Acquisition Technology and Logistics. Quote, So that is an expectation that it is going to be used for Air Force purposes, which will include, when necessary, to be used to support combat operations, unquote the Air Force General. Was Musk listening? Does Musk listen? Is he a good listener? Hey, Elon, thanks for listening.
This is the show. And now, it's a smart world after all. It's a smart world after all. It's a smart world after all. It's a smart, smart world. Well, the first. Thing I think of when I think of a smart world right now is self-driving cars, or are they self-killing cars? Mid-August, two stalled cruise vehicles delayed an ambulance from leaving the scene of a crash in which a driver had hit a pedestrian with their car, according to reports from the San Francisco Fire Department. The pedestrian later died of their injuries, which first responders linked to the delay in getting them to the hospital. This is from SF Gate, which I believe includes the Chronicle. Uh, 
The fact that cruise autonomous vehicles continue to block ingress and egress to critical 911 calls is unacceptable, one emergency responder wrote in a report. Cruise spokesperson Tiffany Testo countered that one of the cars cleared the scene and the traffic to the right of it remained unblocked. Quote, the ambulance behind the AV, autonomous vehicle, had a clear path to pass the AV, as other vehicles, including another ambulance, proceeded to do, she wrote in a statement. According to several reports written by first responders, first obtained by Forbes, of all media, emergency personnel arrived and began treating a critically injured pedestrian who had been struck by a car. The patient was quickly loaded into an ambulance, but the ambulance driver was unable to immediately leave the scene, according to two reports written by members of the ambulance team. Two autonomous cruise vehicles and an empty San Francisco police vehicle were blocking the only exits from the scene, according to one of the reports, forcing the ambulance to wait, while first responders attempted to manually move the cruise vehicles or locate an officer who could move the police car. Collectively, these interferences contributed to a poor patient outcome, delaying delaying the definitive care required in severe trauma cases. According to one of the reports, the patient reportedly died of their injuries approximately 30 minutes after arriving at San Francisco General. Fire Department representatives did not immediately respond for comment. So, 6 of 1, the other. Court filings have revealed new details about the FTC's investigation into Elon Musk over his handling of privacy and security issues at X, formerly Twitter, now X Twitter. In newly public court documents, the Department of Justice says Musk fostered a chaotic environment at that firm that prevented company officials from complying with their obligations to the FTC. The investigation by that agency stems from a 2022 settlement between the FTC and Twitter over the company's use of deceptive ad targeting on the leadership of the former leader, Jack Dorsey. Prior to Musk's takeover, the company paid a $150 million fine and signed on to an agreement to implement specific privacy and security measures. It was those additional data protection measures that apparently fell by the wayside once Musk took over control. That triggered new scrutiny from the FTC, began investigating the rushed rollout of Twitter Blue, (laughs) Twitter Blue, which reportedly launched without the privacy and security review required by the FTC, as well as Musk's handling of the so-called Twitter files. In the latest court documents, the Department of Justice details new information provided by a number of former top Twitter executives. For one, Twitter's former chief privacy officer said Twitter Blue launched so quickly a security and privacy review was not conducted in accordance with the company's process for software development. It also details employee concerns over Musk's attempts 
to grant an outside journalist unfettered access to the company's internal systems. The government also raises concerns over Musk's arranging or rearranging company servers between data centers. The company's policy required servers be wiped prior to being moved. That didn't happen, according to former Twitter employees. The government also notes that Musk's rapid-fire layoffs resulted in deep cuts among the Twitter staff who could have helped the company stay in compliance with the FTC. The company didn't respond to a request for comment. Was was the request headed Dear X? We don't know. But Musk has previously described the investigation as the weaponization of a government agency for political purposes. Unquote. Ultimately, the owner of X may end up having to ask search of the FTC directly on these issues. That's according to Engadget, news service for the tech world. The regulator argues that Musk should be deposed. Lawyers for X have sought to prevent that. Quote, evidence the FTC uncovered during its investigation reveals that Musk has been deeply involved in the fundamental transformation of X Corp. The government wrote, Musk exercised granular control of X Corp at times, directing employees in a manner that may have jeopardized data privacy and security, unquote, the gov. Deadline Santa Clara, California. California Attorney General Rob Bonta announced a $93 million settlement with Google this week. That resolved allegations that the tech behemoth violated state consumer protection laws when it collected users' location data without informed consent. Multi-year investigation by Cal Justice found Google deceived users when it collected, stored, and used their location data for profiling and advertising purposes. Quote, our investigation revealed Google was telling its users one thing that would no longer track their location once they opted out, but doing the opposite and continuing to track its users' movements for its own commercial gain, said the California AG. He continued, that's unacceptable, and we're holding Google accountable with today's settlement. In addition to paying the penalty, Google agrees to be more transparent with users about when their location data is being collected and what it's being used for. Sounds fair. Google will now have to issue pop-up notifications to users who have location history or web and app activity enabled on their Google accounts. I like pop-ups. The alerts must disclose whether location info is being collected and instruct users how to disable each setting, delete any data collected by the settings, and set data retention limits. Google generated 280 plus billion in revenue last year, 220 billion of it from advertising alone. A critical feature of its advertising strategy is using location-based advertising to precisely target users in the areas they live and visit. 
The AG's office said Google tricked users in various ways to collect their data without consent. It lied by telling users they could opt out of the collection of their location data. In reality, the company continued to collect and store users' location data through other means, even if users turned off location history in their account settings. Google also deceived users about their ability to opt out of ads targeted to their location. Quote, many users did not know of or understand Google's location history and web and act activity settings, yet had unwittingly enabled them due to Google's deceptive disclosures. In addition, Google must represented that when users disabled ads personalization, it would stop using the user's user's location to target advertisements to those users when, in fact, it continued to do so, said the complaint. Google made a clear and direct false statement on its location history help page that turning off location history stopped the collection of location data. In short, don't, don't be evil. More from the smart, smart, smart world. You, of course, know that um, many models of many makes of cars offer uh, heating for your seats, especially the driver's seat. Some car companies were charging subscription fees for heated car seats among them bmw it's now decided to stop charging that subscription fee though the german automaker remains committed to paid on-demand services according to the register british tech journal the manufacturer began selling access to factory installed heated seats and the heated steering wheel about three years ago though only in some markets, such as South Korea and the United Kingdom. Seat heat in South Korea was available for about $18 a month, or $406 if purchased in perpetuity. Perpetuity? How about just until you die? In the UK, price was about the same. This was after the company said it would charge an $80 annual subscription fee to to use Apple CarPlay. BMW subsequently reversing that decision following customer complaints. Quote, Our connected drive portfolio has always been dynamic. We reserve the right to vary our offering structure according to the needs of individual markets around the world. Unquote, Jay Hansen, product and technology spokesperson for BMW USA. Heated seats and steering wheel are never available on a short-term subscription basis in the U.S. market, they were either standard equipment or factory options, depending on the model. Hansen said the BMW Connected Drive Store currently lists various upgrades as subscriptions. It's important to point out that with the exceptions of traffic camera information and iconic sounds sport, all available All are available X-Factory. They're not just subscription only. Iconic Sounds Sport, by the way, available for a one-time charge, plays BMW engine sound 
inside the vehicle. Connected services from automakers are expected to grow. One aspect of over-the-air updates is the potential cost savings by being able to perform software fixes without a factory recall. Well, that's nice. That's a good. It's also more profit for the car company. A review of the annual reports of leading automakers confirms that connectivity is considered one of the four critical megatrends facing the automotive industry. That's from a paper published in 2020, the value of connectivity in the uh, automotive sector, authored by the co-director for the Center of Intellectual Property in Sweden, Gothenburg, Sweden to be specific. The trend began in 1996 with GM's OnStar service and expanded as cellular networking evolved in the 2000. In 2016, McKinsey, the consultancy, predicted on-demand mobility and data-driven services could account for about $1.5 trillion to the car companies. By 2030, a potential 30% increase in automotive sector revenue. Not every automaker has been able to make subscription services appealing to customers. But Tesla has achieved some notoriety for selling over-the-air updates to extend the range of its vehicles <laughs> and for offering not quite full self-driving for $99 to $199 per month. Other companies like Ford and Cadillac have got rid of car subscription services. It's a smart, smart, smart world. Now, apologies of the week for you. We're so sorry. After it was reported by the Denver Post that Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert and her date were kicked out of a showing of Beetlejuice at a theater on Sunday. Bobert first wrote it off with a flippant tweet, along with a link to buy tickets. Quote, it's true, I did thoroughly enjoy the amazing Beetlejuice at the Buell Theater. I plead guilty to laughing and singing too loud. Everyone should go see it if you get the chance this week, and please let me know how it ends. Bobert, her spokesperson and her campaign manager, then denied key aspects of the story. She insisted she wasn't vaping, as reported, and instead blamed heavy fog machine and electri- uh, machines and electronic cigarettes used during the play. She insisted it was misunderstanding from someone sitting near her. Then came the video. Denver's Nine News released four minutes of footage, footage obtained from the venue's security cameras prior to the police being called, which showed Bobert misbehaving, snapping flash photos on her smartphone during the performance and causing a disturbance. The surveillance footage followed Bobert as she was escorted out of the building and caught her giving the middle finger to security. But that wasn't all. In the footage, Bobert could also be seen engaging in sexual acts with her date during the musical, grabbing his hand and placing on her breasts and fondling his penis over his pants in the middle of the packed auditorium. 
Nearly 3,000 people in there. Now it appears Boebert is finally acknowledging the severity of the situation. Striking an unusually more serious tone, she put the blame on her, quote, difficult divorce, unquote, and said she might have gotten caught up in the, quote, excitement of seeing a much-anticipated production. All part of her apology. Deadline in Atlantic City, New Jersey, sports betting company DraftKings apologized this week after using 9-11 terror attacks to entice people to bet on baseball and football games on the anniversary of the tragedy. Boston-based company offered users a 9-11-themed promotion that required three New York-based teams, the Yankees, Mets, and Jets, to win their games Monday, the 22nd anniversary of the attacks on the World Trade Center and Pentagon. After an outcry on social media from people offended by the promotion called Never Forget, DraftKings took it down and apologized. Quote, We sincerely apologize for the featured parlay that was shared briefly in commemoration of 9-11. We respect the significance of this day for our country and especially for the families of those who were directly affected. Unquote. Brett Eagleson, who lost his father on 9-11. He runs an organization called 9-11 Justice. He described the DraftKings author as tone-deaf. It's shameful to use a national tragedy to promote a business. We need accountability, justice, and closure, not self-interest and shameless promotion. How about shame-faced promotion? That would be good. Now the Apologies of the Week spotlight moves ineluctably to Florida. The Broward Football Officials Association officially apologized to Coco High School this week, five days after Coco's controversial one-point loss. Coco Athletic Director Mark Karsten said he spoke with Jeff Pratt of the Football Officials Association. Pratt apologized for the, quote, egregious clock management errors during the final minutes of the game. The BFOA would be handling punishment of the nine-person officials crew internally. Multiple sources who spoke on the condition of anonymity told the U.S. Today Football Network the crew was suspended as a result of their actions. See, sometimes they do get the officials. Lil Reese, I'm assuming that's a rapper, since this item comes from hiphopdx.com. He found himself at the center of a backlash after he blatantly went out of his way to humiliate a homeless person recently. Now he's apologizing for it. Taking to his Instagram Friday, the Chicago rapper, there you go, issued his mea culpa, said he's going to write his wrongs. Quote, I would like to apologize to my fans and uh, everybody watching for recording and laughing while they were pouring water on the homeless man in the video. He wrote, I do not condone or support that type of behavior in any way. I will be giving away money to the homeless community as well as giving away food, clothes, and water twice a month going forward. 
In an Instagram story earlier this week that was deleted deleted before it expired, the drill rapper uploaded a picture of himself walking with a group of people while holding a drink in his hand. Upon walking, he noticed a homeless man was sleeping in a fetal position on the ground. Once he was able to flip his camera around, things took a a little turn for the worse. Get his ass, he said repeatedly. Get his ass. After one of his friends said, Wake up, Unc, little Reese replied. Put that bitch on his head. F him, put that bitch on his head, and proceeded to pour his entire drink on the man, which made him stand up quickly and reply, Come on, man, don't do that, man. That ain't right, man. Everyone around him burst out laughing after witnessing the homeless man's reaction. Once the video reached social media, fans didn't hold back, Lil Reese is forever going to be a loser. Lil Poopstain, one person said, while while uploading an old video of Lil Reese soiling himself in the middle of an altercation. That'll end it. Dateline Canada, the federal government issued an official apology to the Williams Lake First Nation located in central British Columbia, a year after a $100 million settlement was reached over illegal settlement of its village lands. Indigenous Relations Minister Gary Anandasagari issued the apology on behalf of the government at an event outside the First Nations Band Office. That would be equivalent to tribe, I guess. It came after an emotional speech from First Nation elder Amy Sandy. Quote, this day's coming from all the work that our elders have done in the past. I put my hands up to everyone who's helped out with this. The director of self-government and elected counselor for the nation oversaw the entire legal process over 30 years. He described how the illegal settlement deprived his people of homes and connections to their culture he, we had nothing, not even one acre, he said. Ananda Sangari said the federal government was committed to addressing the harms of colonization. The dispossession, dispossession and forced separation of Williams Lake lands has had profound impacts on you, the minister said, addressing dozens of nation members in attendance. The government of Canada accepts responsibility for this historic injustice, and expresses its deepest regret and sincere apology. Unquote. The apology came nearly 165 years after the settlement began in 1859, according to the First Nation in the land now known as the city of Williams Lake. Then Chief William, for whom the First Nation city and nearby lake are all named, gave permission to a settler to build a cabin within village lands. The colonial government subsequently set aside some of that land for an Indian reservation. By 1861, however, most of the village lands had been taken by white settlers, driving many of the First Nation members to nearby hills with little land and no opportunity to cultivate crops. We apologize, we, Canadian government. And finally, Ashton Kutcher, the actor and investor, has resigned as board chairman of Thorn, 
the anti-child sexual abuse organization he co-founded with his then-wife, Demi Moore. The news comes just over a week after the world learned that Kutcher and his current wife and former That 70s Show co-star Mila Kunis wrote character letters to the judge before he sentenced their longtime friend and former colleague, the convicted rapist and celebrity Scientologist Danny Masterson. Backlash to the letters was significant, and their attempt to clean up the problem by posting a video only made things worse. Time magazine obtained the letter that Kutcher wrote to the board of Thorne, in which he tenders his resignation effective immediately. In the letter, he admitted that writing a character letter for Masterson was a, quote, error in judgment, unquote. In the letter, Kutcher apologizes to all victims of sexual violence and everyone at Thorne who I hurt by what I did. He apologizes to the broader advocacy community, adding that he is, quote, deeply sorry, unquote. However, Kutcher did not apologize to the survivors of Danny Masterson's predation. You can't do everything. The Apologies of the Week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now, ooh, it looks like it's a crypto winner. Yeah, it sure is. Damien Williams, the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York, announced this week that Carl Sebastian Greenwood, he founded One Coin along with Ruja Ignatova, a.k.a. the Crypto Queen, has been sentenced to 20 years in prison for his orchestration of the massive OneCoin fraud scheme. OneCoin, which began in 2014 in Sofia, Bulgaria, marketed and sold a fraudulent cryptocurrency by the same name through a global multi-level marketing network. As a result of misrepresentations that Greenwood, Ignatova, and others made about OneCoin, millions of victims invested about $4 billion worldwide in the fraudulent cryptocurrency. Ignatova was uh, added to the FBI's 10 top most wanted list about a year ago, and she's still at large. The U.S. attorney said as a founder and leader of OneCoin, Carl Sebastian Greenwood operated one of the largest fraud schemes ever perpetrated. Greenwood and his co-conspirators, including the fugitive Ruja Ignatova, conned unsuspecting victims out of billions of dollars with promises of a financial revolution and claims that OneCoin would be the Bitcoin killer. In fact... One coins were entirely worthless, and investors were left with nothing, while Greenwood lined his own pockets with over $300 million. The crypto winter freezes on.
ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. Back next week, same time on the same radio station and on the audio device of your choice whenever you want it. you got to choose. Sorry. That's the way it works. And it would be just like it not working that way if you'd agree to join with me then, would you? Alrighty, thank you very much. Uh-huh. A tip of the show chapeau to the San Diego desk, to the Hawaii desk, to Pam Halstead and Thomas Walsh at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's broadcast. The email address for this program still exists. Also findable at harryshearer.com is a lot of stuff to watch and listen to. The playlist of the music you hear on this show. And the uh, information on getting Cars I Talk t-shirts before they disappear forever. If they have it already. I don't know. I don't work there. from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans. Flagship station is the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from New Orleans.